0: trying to figure out life, we're trying to think about it and make it into something that we can understand, but life will kick our ass at some, sooner or later. And I think the more we kind of accept that and embrace that and allowing ourselves to go to the unknown, discover who do I really want to be instead of what I've been told to be, it has a sense of adventure. There is a lot of unknown, there is a lot of um, fear slash excitement.
1: This is Jaron Engler and welcome to Chapters of My Life podcast. I want you to imagine your past life, <laughs> right? Where should I start? <laughs> imagine you need to write your life story in form of a book already. It's a challenge, right? It's, it's, uh, frankly, it's not everyone has thought of this. As we always think, when we get older, we should write about our life then. But in fact, we have so many experiences ready to share to others. Achievements, failures to learn from, positive and negative life transitions. And if everyone asks what is actually this Chapters of My Life podcast, it's these kind of stories. It's an inspiring collection of life transitions, packed into a podcast audiobook format, capturing the willpower and belief of people during these important life-changing decisions. So, interview innovators, athletes, entrepreneurs, changemakers, to give an insight into their past life from young age till today, and maybe future untold plans. Be covering topics around sport, entrepreneurship, mindfulness, travel, nutrition, yoga, meditation, and much more. Everything which leads to the person. Till today. Interviewed by me, Daniel Ludwig, and you can find me on social media at byDaniel Ludwig. Living life without regrets is what we should live for. That's his words. This time I had Jaron Engler on my podcast, a musician, mentor, and speaker. He lives what he says. Whenever you meet Yaron, you feel this excitement, energy and never ending eagerness to find the adventure of your life. He has been touring for many years all around the world, with world-renowned choreographers Hofesh Schechter and Akram Khan. For him, a deeper connection with someone was key. And he soon realized, through his performances, he created moments with the audience or students that discovered something deep and meaningful about themselves. Jaron chooses nine chapters in his Chapters of My Life podcast, starting with chapter one called Simple, where he tells us his childhood till age 10. And where he in early age find interest in using music to express himself. Dark called next chapter two. And yes, you guessed it, it's his teenager, yes. Why Dark? Well, like with many artists in their young age, school just wasn't the place to grow their passion. Fighting through the teenage years, Yaron kept playing the drums during these times and turned at an age 19 his passion into becoming a professional drummer, which is all about chapter 3. Chapter 4 called Transition, and it's more difficult part for him where he had to do mandatory military service, which prevented him in the first place to regularly play the drums and follow his passion. Over time, he was able to find balance playing music, serving military service and be closer with friends and family. After three years service, he played professionally in a band and won auditions. Finally, at time, he was able to entirely focus on his passion, which he called doing what I love in his chapter five. In his early 20s, he also won a scholarship, which brought him for the first time to US, Brooklyn, where he was able to take the music study to a new level Surrounded with well-known musicians, he was finally able to do what he loved. It expanded his horizon, but at the same time enabled him to discover the world. This life part is chapter six, and it's about expansion, as he named it as well. Chapter seven: Learning is about moving to Spain, learning a new language and starting from scratch in a new country while keeping the one constant element in his musical career playing the drums. Traveling around the world enabled him to express himself through music in a very rare and unique way. Exploration is chapter 8, where he moved to the UK with his wife, started a family, started to make a shift in his career. He had his inner feeling to better reconnect to his heart. His passion was essential, not just for himself, but also to mentor and coach others, all with the elements of music and drums. This is why he decided to focus his work on helping people reconnect to their hearts. His next chapter in his life, nine called Balance, where he aims to find a way to combine family with his two kids and his career where music and drums never will be replaced. His motto till today, lead with your heart and let your head follow. Instead of leading with the head, living a life of regret in your heart. A truly inspiring, and yes, a bit crazy, but in a good sense, musician and performer. Here we go, Jaron Engler, enjoy. Though here we are. <laughs> Thanks, Jaron, for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank it's, Yaron. I gotta be honest, it's such a beautiful, beautiful landscape here in Lewis. You it live is. In, yeah, you live in the south of the UK.
0: I live in heaven. That's you live my, my, my wife and I keep saying to to each other, "We live in heaven every day. It's so beautiful. I, I love it, love it." But
1: actually, down on down to earth, <laughs> on heaven. Yeah. Actually, not like you don't have that bird view. You actually live. Yeah. Down yeah. to earth. It's beautiful here. So it took me like one hour to London, and uh, um, I think we had this short, few minutes conversation when you just picked me up from the train station, and you told me that. Living in the countryside for young kids, for young children, is something where so many don't experience. You don't connect to the nature. Mm. Um, and that kept me actually thinking. Um, and I mentioned that in the intro, what you, you did in the past, etc. And I'm gonna, we go into this now. But I want to actually highlight something. And I want to start the conversation in some, uh, with, a, with a text you wrote a long time ago. And it started with a keyword. It started with the word imagine, which I love. When I talk about a specific topic, you know, with TEDx, or the, uh, with the speakers etc. so on. You said once, imagine that you are in the middle of the ocean. Take yourself high up and think as if you are looking from the sky, high above in the middle of the ocean to all the shores that you can reach. There are so many possibilities. If you don't stop for a moment to look from high up, all you see is water and water that go nowhere. Take yourself high enough for a second and decide which shore do you choose to land on? Which shore did you land on?
0: That's a great question. Um, It's called Lewis. (laughs) Are you talking about location? Yeah. Location is an interesting one, because the, this imagination part, I remember imagining a lot of... It's hard for me actually to connect it just to um, location, because it was location and what I was doing. I always said that for me, the the what always dictated what the where is. Okay. Yeah, it, I was never attracted to a certain place and then went there and then decided what what I was going to do. It was always like, what is it that I want to do? And that took me to places. So for, for example, it was very clear to me from the age of, as far as I remember, age of four, that drums is my thing. Yeah. So being a teenager, it was clear to me back then I lived in Israel. So it was clear to me that, you know, um, I'm going to move to Tel Aviv because that's where I'm going to become a drummer. So... Went to Tel Aviv, spent there, became started to be very successful as a drummer. And then there was the opportunity to go to Berkeley. I got a scholarship to Berkeley in, in the US. So, oh, boom, found myself in, in yeah. Berkeley. Then uh, after Berkeley, I had to make a decision. What do I do with my life now? Yeah, And the thing that pulled me then was this idea that I had with another f- um, friend of mine that I, uh, we created a show back in Israel, which was very successful. And he was in Spain, so I thought, oh, maybe Spain is the next thing because we can create that even bigger. So I decided to move to Spain, which was a completely ridiculous idea because I didn't have a <laughs> job, I didn't have a visa, I didn't have, I didn't know a word in Spanish. Yeah. It was basically just I had this dream to create a company, so so I moved to Spain, and after that um, I started to work with who who is a big choreographer here in the UK. So, and and I met my. The woman who is currently my wife, and it was like, "Oh, no, I need to move to London, so I moved to london <laughs> and uh, so you follow
1: you literally you're not be you not you mentioned that also in other post actually online you' not passive, you're active, you're not being told where you should go you decide right you not react, let's say you're not reacting to it because um, the the person i know we know each other for like Six, seven years Something from like live yeah. your passion. Yeah, um, legend, live, your yeah. Right. live your legend. Live your legend, Live your legend. Community in London. Yeah, it was like 2011-ish, uh, wow. 2010. Um, I know you as a very energetic person, like mm. someone who is like live full with passion. Um, and you know, with that, and I, I, I remember you as a person who says, "Okay, let's do that." I have no idea what's going to happen in the end. I have no idea where to go but let's do it because the only thing in life where we will regret are the things we will not go do. Yeah. This kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Is that the lifestyle you always had? I want to go later a little bit into childhood and all in details, yeah. but is that something? Is that the life where people know you as well? Or is it just my observation?
0: Uh, probably. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think I lost a little bit of that mode during the last five years and I'm now reconnecting with it, if yeah. I'm totally honest. But yeah, I was always following my heart. You know, There is something in my website which I, I say, lead with your heart and let your head follow instead of leading with the head and live life of regret with your heart. Exactly. I, I yeah. really, really believe in that. Um, and you know, when you grow up, it's a bit difficult having kids and uh, have responsibility and all this stuff that we can make it serious or we can stay with the heart. I think I... Lost a little bit of the connection, um, and I noticed how it doesn't work for me. So I'm now going back to uh, <laughs> the wild spirit vibe.
1: When okay,
0: when I when I Google your name,
1: and I click on I Google Images, the fir- one of the very first images I see you with drums, going completely crazy. Yeah. You know, like this. It's not like drums. You know, you just play a little bit nice. It's just literally you are in with one with the drums. And just before we started the podcast, uh, you said, okay, how about we're going to put the camera in the position that you see the drums? And we are right now in in your drumming room, Mm. in your house. When I see that picture with the drums, I feel like you're completely disconnected from the outer world. You're completely in one. Would you say you're in the flow in that moment? Yeah how many times do you play drums and what did you do? did you play it frequently on a daily basis
0: i am now yes that's part of the thing so in the yeah. last 5 years again i kind of pushed it away now i am on a day almost daily basis i'm playing the drums um i just booked a, a new recording session with my band after they left to record their third album um i am i'm am bringing the drums back to the all the work that i do with people the coaching and the workshops so i'm bringing the drum back in because i pushed the drums away um you know chapters, so I guess it, <laughs> it, it, it's a closure, closure of a chapter. And now, yes, the drums are very, very active in my life, yeah. and it's it's part of the way I use it right now is is as as meditation actually
1: so do you did you play today already drums in no. the morning no, so what is your morning routine like what did you do today in the
0: morning? Today, I woke up at four a m
1: Okay. Yes,
0: and I came down here to this room, to this uh, I like to call it the pimp uh, sofa. It looks a little bit pimpish, and it's kind of vintage kind yeah. of style as well. Yeah. And uh, these, you know, having two little kids, um, morning time can be a bit mad, and I am very inefficient during the day, so I prefer to wake up super early in the morning and have like these two two and a half hours before all the monkeys wake up and the whole jungle ignites um so i have this time for myself where i'm very focused so i did some good work from four till six thirty and then it's the whole routine of making breakfast i'm I'm the cook in the house so it's making breakfast for everybody making lunch for my son and making lunch for my wife who is going to london to work then uh, toothbrushing time with the kids and you know the whole madness around that bringing the kids to a to school so then actually it's 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 from 6:30 till 9 it's family kids madness time and after that i'm really unfocused so a lot of times i'm using the fact that i'm i live in nature to just go for walks two hour walk and it really helps me um to uh, to be creative to think about ideas to sort out my thinking because i'm using my phone um you know, on the phone, you have the options of notes, and you can put the microphone, so instead of writing, i'm just speaking to the phone and it writes for me the stuff yeah. and that's where I have good flow so today I didn't do this because I came to meet you, so um but most of the mornings will be either walk or you know life life demands
1: throughout the conversation you're going to come up with ideas. And
0: everything is recorded anyway now, so you can yeah. later yeah, on yeah, can yeah. listen to yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Will um
1: Yaron, I wanna um, I mentioned to you before that's gonna be like a 90-ish minute conversation, like a long com- uh, long-term conversation about not just your life, but also transforming this life into a book. And you know, when we look back often, we have memories, but we never really give them a title or we never really summarize them. And that's what this podcast is about—to kind of summarize your specific life chapters into a book and give them, you know, understand a little bit what is actually this chapter, this transition about. What was it name. And and I just, you know, did some research about you and so on. You are a mentor. You are a speaker. You're a musician, and you are a person full of life. And I thought, like, okay, how are we going to do this? podcast how do we start this podcast what should we ask what should I ask first and uh, and I thought you know one of the best question is to 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 give it an image first so imagine I want I want you to imagine you go to a library and when people ask for Jaron's book what is life where would they find this book I find this in the musician section, in the mentor section, in the self help section.
0: Interesting question. Because
1: you are a mentor, you're a speaker, you spoke on TEDx, you are a musician, you are. You can, your book would be in any kind of section in the library. Where would I find your book, Yeah.
0: I'm going to give you the wrong answer, but, the, 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 but no, but a but very clear <laughs> word came to me when you asked the question, and, and the word is adventure. So under the adventure section, but I think that if you go to a bookshop for adventure section, it will be all about, you know, climbing a massive cliff, uh, fighting a shark, um, eating elephants or climbing the Himalaya. And that's not what I'm talking about necessarily. I just see life as an adventure. And this is how I kind of live my life. And that's how I would... It just came very strong to me.
1: So adventure itself could be anything, actually, as well. It could be not not just sport related travel. It's actually about starting a new career, starting some or finding your inner passion, inner inner peace, passion. Yeah, everything could be an adventure, right?
0: Adventure you know, is, right? is is I, I think again for me it's connected to the living from your heart. Yeah, because you know a lot of us. It's uh, you know, we're trying to figure out life, we're trying to think about it and make it into something that we can understand. But life will kick our ass at some sooner or later. And I think the more we kind of accept that and embrace that and allowing ourselves to go to the unknown, discover who do I really want to be instead of what I've been told to be, it has a sense of adventure. There is a lot of unknown, there is a lot of um fear slash excitement, and this is what. This is how I live my life. This is how I would like my kids to live their life. This is how my wife lives her life. And this is what I would like to um, f- facilitate, help, um, encourage, inspire my clients, the people I, I speak in front of to do the same. You know, don't you know the famous article on five regrets of the dying. It's it's don't die with this regret of not living in the life of your own. It's it's just that's worth it,
1: yeah, and it is a waste of time, you know yeah. it's like you just become reactive yeah to what other people for you work for other people's dreams kind of thing, and you never f- think about your own kind of you know in a passion um, adventure section. I love it, it could be anything so, <laughs> I could actually not Im- not not imagine that your book would be not in an adventure section mm-hmm. um so. I opened the book and in each book there is a thank you page before you go to the chapters or even before or after the table of content. Who do you thank most in your life? Poof. Poof. Poof? Uh, yeah.
0: Who is no, Poof? No, no, no. <laughs> um, first, definitely the people that come in mind is, are my parents. Um, <clears throat> for for being open enough to all my crazy shit and for um being like really feeling that they are there supporting um in a, in a way it was always very not very it's a funny one I I feel that it was kind of a passive support. It's not like they followed me everywhere and, and kind of asked me cons. It was more like they just allowed me to to, to be and to, to, to yeah that didn't force you to do no to be, nothing be, be someone. Yeah, and and for example, like I I never had a curfew time to come back home. I I received a lot of trust from my parents. You know, a lot of my friends had to come back in a certain time. My parents always told me, no, just come. Um, or smoking and all this kind of stuff. They told me like, if you want to do it, just tell us. We don't think it's right, but just tell us if you want to smoke or drink. And kind of, I think it just killed all the the rebel. Kind of. So I never, I never, sm- I'm a fake musician. I never smoked. I never drank. I don't drink. I don't because I didn't feel the need to kind of go against something. And that that support is is massive, and it's still today I feel this this um, support from them. So they are definitely um, um, they're going to be in the head of the things. Which is quite funny because they, are, they live their life completely the opposite way. My dad was an insurance salesman okay. and my mom was, was a teacher. Yeah. So for me, the first few days, I remember when I was early 20s, walking around Tel Aviv as a musician at 11 a.m. in the middle of the street, I felt blame. Yeah. for being in the street in the middle of the day because I was like fuck I need to be in an office doing some job and yeah. I'm not so yeah. it, there was a lot of stuff to deal with that. So my parents definitely I'm going to fuck it up because I'm going to forget people but <sighs> you you stop me when you want. My sister definitely. Yeah. Um her support, her love, her her ability to she she can write amazingly and I'm so happy that finally she is going for her career now. She's starting to use her writing skills yeah. for her career, which is really beautiful because she is a genius. Yeah. So the way she sometimes writes things to me and they, like, boom, I'm triggered to cry in a is second. Is she helping
1: you with like song texts or anything? Uh,
0: no, sometimes, yeah, she helped me yeah. with things, um, but it's not so much um, that. It's more her the 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 trust and the love that I get from her is, is very meaningful. Um. My wife of course wins that um she claims that from the moment I uh, I entered her life like I I shook everything and moved everything. Actually she wrote for my fortieth birthday um uh, the most beautiful um what do you call it, like wish for birthday. Yes, really, yeah. really powerful that like we're like whoa fuck. And she's there <laughs> again dealing with me I'm intense yeah i'm intense and and you know when you see me on stage and stuff it's it's nice it's fun ta, 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 but dealing with me at home can be sometimes also like Fuck, you know <laughs> and she's there i mean i know you as a as a very energetic person
1: someone yeah. was like just go for it you know just let's do it that you also before just before we started the podcast you said because you observed me a little bit going for the notes beforehand on the on the ipad you said so what are the notes? Oh, I'm very curious. You know, what did you did you research about me? Let's do it. Yeah, just, yeah. That's, let's do that's, it. It's exciting. Now, yeah.
0: Because that's for me, this it's part energy. of the adventure. The fact yeah. that you, uh, I suddenly saw that you have something and I tried to read and you moved it so I don't see and I asked, <laughs> what is it? And you said you did some research. So that makes me uncomfortable in a good way.
2: Yeah.
0: Which I like. You know, it's curiosity. I mean, I don't want to give you a script. I mean, in the end of the day, you
1: know it. You should know your life. I hope so. I know. <laughs> Maybe I know something about you which you don't know.
2: <laughs>
0: Reminder. So, so I was still in the thanks. Yeah. So my wife, definitely. <laughs> and for being also so strong. She's an amazingly strong woman. Um, and that really inspires me and, and gives me an anchor that a lot of times with so my craziness, you know, and I go all over the place. Uh, she kind of brings she me she compliments me. you yeah. Of, yeah she challenges the fuck out of me also um it's it's all good <laughs> obviously my two little monkeys yeah the best best teachers of my life every parent will say that i yeah. assume you know they
1: pff. do they inspire you with your cord- uh, be- as being a musician do they inspire you and I don't know for song texts writing, you know, no. young kids, young babies, uh, it's just not necessarily that you change the style of songwriting, playing music. No, I
0: mean. no, but they do. They're an amazing reminder mm-hmm. of what's really important. They're amazing reminder of of not giving a fuck, of just you know they want to do something. They just go, go for it, you know, and and, and with no shame. They they are great reminder and teachers for presence this is something that is so powerful like I can see when I am present because I spent I made a clear choice when Olive was born almost six years ago I made a conscious choice that I will be there very powerfully for my kids actually wins my wife went on tour a lot she's a dancer so she went on tour and she was away quite a lot and I spent weeks and months by myself as, as a father with two kids. I mean, weeks, just me doing the whole shebang, months actually. And I've, I, what I noticed was that their behavior is so connected to my level of presence which is amazing. If I will be with them and I'm thinking about what I need to do and I'm busy with my mind, they will go completely bonkers and crazy. They will be annoying. They will irritate me and 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 all the whining. If I am fully present with them and I can put everything to the side and I'm fully, even if I'm not necessarily playing with them, I don't need to be involved with what they do, but I'm present with them. They will be angels. They will be amazing. They will be so much fun. It's energetic a um, field that is being created that really impacts them, and I'm a hippie. I believe in these things. You know, I really, really believe in that, and it shocks me every time. And, and a lot of time I tell it to parents. People often are surprised, but then when they think about it, they say, "Oh, actually, this is really true." I think observing the kids, your own kids, is also
1: where many parents actually forget observing them. Mm. You know, observing how they behave in what situation, and how you in that situation totally behave and how they react, you know, because they're actually observing you. They're learning from you. Totally. And if they learn from you that you're not being present, they're adopting this. Yeah. And later in life, maybe uh, adopting this into any other area. Um, Aaron, for... talking about the first chapter in your book, you know, and I'm looking into the table of content, you are such a... You're not just a person who's full of energy. Um, you're also like a go-getter. Let's let's do it. Let's do it without knowing, you know, exact the risks. Just do it, because you would not wanna regret anything in life. Have you always been like this? Like, anyway, we I mean, am just talking about your childhood or the uh Yaron, uh, how was how were you when you were a kid? Were you when like was... a go-getter? Were you like very? you know, uh, adventurous. How were you? Tell me a little bit about your
0: childhood. Child, There is a very clear cut in, in my childhood around the age of 10. So up until the age of 10, what I remember is very simple life. Living in a really nice neighborhood. I remember um, spending tons of time with friends um, having school was really easy. You know, getting A's and everything. Everything was very, very simple. Um, and I remember something that is very clear to me, the, the leadership role, I remember taking it already then. Like every time we went to play football every day, between four and six, all the friends. Yeah. And I remember it was always me kind of, once everybody's gathering, like, okay guys, sit down, we're deciding, kind of making the decisions, who is against who, let's cut the teams and let's start playing. It was me kind of moving moving things forward. So I remember that clearly already then. At the age of 10, when I was in, I think it's fourth grade, um, I was supposed to get a teacher the year after, which was a horror. She was well renowned as the most horrible teacher on the planet. She was uh, abusing. She was horrible. And my mom was really, really worried that I will get her as my teacher. So she really wanted me to move to a different school to avoid that. Just
1: because of the teacher? Yeah. Wow, okay.
0: Yeah. No, this teacher was, seriously, it was crazy. (laughs) So, but again, I remember my mom didn't tell me, like, you're moving school. They kind of, I remember more her involvement in it, kind of telling me, listen, this is the thing. I would like to think about it and whatever you decide. And I remember making the decision, okay, I'll move to the new school. I knew some friends from the new school because I played basketball with them and stuff. So I said, okay. And that move to that school is is big mark in my life because just, that, yeah, that um, changed everything yeah. for
1: me. So till the age of 10, till you like move to the other school, how do you remember yourself? Um, you remember yourself as curious, trying to touch everything, jumping around, or a no, no, silent person? No, I was I was quite relaxed. I because was... you mentioned simple life, it's, you said the very first thing is that it was a simple life. A simple life yeah. is like basics, your very basics. You had yeah, no was, stress, no.
0: No, there was no stress. I was a happy kid. Um, um, what did you uh, do? Most football, you said. I played bu- football, yeah. uh, played basketball, um, hung out with friends, going to the beach a lot. You know, it was very simple life, um, um, naive, is naive, uh, naive in a way. Yeah, you know, okay. everything is okay. You know, I didn't. Uh, my mom painted for me a very pink um, picture of life. Um, uh-huh. I didn't see troubles back okay. then. Um, see. Pro- were protected yeah yes yeah. Yeah. yeah i do remember some stuff. you know when, when there were some issues with the family my grandparents got sick and so, so i remember the intensity of that or, or experiencing death of grandfather grandmother i do remember that but that was kind of it's kind of part of life it's not a traumatic experience for me the cut at the age of 10 was like
1: yeah. and, sh- and before 10 um or till 10 were you somehow interested already in the
0: topics you were actually interested in Musician, Dr- yeah, drums, drumming, drums. drums from the age... As far as I remember, at the age of four, I okay, remember taking, that's very early. Yeah, taking out pans and pots and, and playing all the time. With I remember with my <laughs> cousin. And I remember my sister telling me that... I, because I said, I want to play drums. My sister yeah. told me that she had a classmate who who had a few lessons and he said that it's super hard. And she told me, like, don't go there because it's super, super hard. And I was like, okay. But it was always plugged into me. drumming was completely crazy actually that's a good story for my 13th birthday yeah because back then there was no YouTube there was nothing you know drums for me we had one channel on TV which was also sometimes kind of, it was not 24 hours. It was very, you know, it was very different. It's not that long, but it's like, I can say, ooh, when I was. um, (laughs) Once upon a time. Yeah. So I I didn't have so much exposure. There was one program on TV, I remember every Thursday at 4 p.m. that there was a drummer and I was like hooked on the drums. It was, for me, drums was like, if you think about the wildest thing you can imagine that you want, like having an island full of whatever, like I don't know what. This was what drums were for me. It was like this crazy thing that I will never see, never touch, and I want it at you all. Know? So for my third when I was thirteenth, it's you know it's Bar Mitzvah, um, my sister as as a gift took me to one of her classmates who had drums. And I really remember that day coming into his room and seeing for the first time in my life a drum set it was i re- you know when you have the angel like ah, and, and yes. the music and that's how it <laughs> and felt the spotlight like from the heaven yeah exactly it was all there and it was it was like fuck i it was crazy for me and that was a very clear mark for me okay this is going to happen yeah. so then i had to because my parents didn't really want me to get drums from i don't know why but, but you they, had
1: from age 4
0: you said, from yeah. age four you played, but you didn't No, play. I didn't play, I didn't play, I didn't play. I was just, dr- Obs- I played obsessed. on pans and pots and uh, stuff. okay, okay. Yeah, at home, to. but I didn't yeah. have drums. From the age of 13, I started to kind of like, okay, I'm going for it. Okay. So so the first drumsticks that I had were two sticks from a Chinese restaurant, the chopsticks. That's one my see. first sticks. And back then, in, in it was the 80s, so we had these, I don't know if you had them in Germany, but... Maybe you're too young for this, also I don't know. But we had never these, know. <laughs> we had these aluminum bins, uh, like a rubbish bin for kind of teenage rooms. That was like a height of a seat, and it was like a round with a picture of whatever cool pictures, and it had a cover. Yeah, and yeah, a I know what you top. mean. Yeah, I know.
1: I didn't have that, but yeah. Yeah, I so
0: that was my symbol. This this yes. aluminum cover was my... Yeah. And then I had uh, keys and keys and or coins were my, yeah. my hi-hat. And we had like diskettes, you know, for a computer. You, you remember these diskettes that were square? I don't know if you remember this. There were disk, you know. Com- cats. Like disks of computers. Uh, of course, the yeah. compact disk. No, 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 no.
1: I'm not, I, 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 yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, for I, computer, I, I, they were I, square.
0: Yeah, yeah, I used to grow up with them. Yeah. I, I used to grow up with them. Yeah, yeah, so I like had a box of those, and that was my snare drum. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And then I started kind of like to manipulate my way towards kits. So when I had the next birthday, I told my friends, you have to buy me drumsticks for birthday. That I would see. be a statement. Okay. And then it took some time until I was 15, 16. That's where I was like heavily pushing for but
1: it. you did not have drums till the age of 13 but you created sounds
0: yes always i always like <laughs> with my mouth I exactly it's so a different
1: yeah. kind of uh atmos literally yeah. sounds because when i just you know before the podcast you know we are currently sitting here on the table we had the table was able to be can be extended you said like you know when i extended the table you said oh that's a great sound yeah so everything which makes sound is for you some kind of I would not say call to action, but it's something like, well, that's nice. It can yeah, be used yeah. for anything else. So maybe yeah. this was in your childhood. You know, it's not necessarily just music in terms of, like, notes. It was more like creating. Creating, or not to say no noise, but maybe creating sounds by yourself. Uh, Is that maybe something I Why don't you, know if it's think- the
0: creation of sounds necessarily, but it's, it's a self-expression. This self-expression. is a big yeah. thing for me. So the way I, I like to play drums and the way I always encourage my students when I used to teach drums was to do it your own way. How does your body move? How does your body want to sound like? And Because I speak about it in my TED Talk also. that We all learn in the same way And the learning is always from the outside in. And it makes everybody look and think and everything is the same. And I always like to work when I work with people. I I don't like to bring a lot of myself. Who are you? What do you want to create? What is your sound? What is your spirit? What is it that you want to get? So for me, when I play drums a lot of times, it's, it's more... As I said before, it's more like meditation. I will sit on the drum and instead of trying to think in a a certain style or something like this, I just allow my body to kind of move in a certain way that feels nice to me. Mm -hmm. And that is me. Not better, not worse, not nothing. That is my self-expression. If I put, you know, I give you later on to sit on the drums, I'll tell you just, just be comfortable. Yeah. for a second just make yourself it's it's not rocket science you just have a stick and you fucking bang on something
2: yeah
0: you don't have to make it musical you're not going to become a professional thing but if we use it as a meditative thing as, as a self-expression tool it's very very powerful and actually the band that I have after they left is all about that it's three of us going and it's all improvised we have no idea what's yes. going on Yeah, yeah you and, mentioned it's, that. and it's and yeah. it's very um it's magical. It's really magical.
1: I always, I mean, I was, I'm not like a musician, but when there is an instrument where I'm most related to, it would be drums and maybe piano, maybe guitar too, but drums. Because drums, I don't know, it's, for me, when I was young, drums were, I didn't play drums properly. I was like, you know, just in the music school, et cetera. But for me, it is, as you said, actually it's true, self expression. But it's also you sit and you have your, like in a spaceship, you have your control station around you. And you just create, you know, have different buttons on each side, like in a spaceship. But actually you have your drums. Different ankle creates different sounds. Hmm. And then you are controlling like the direction of the spaceship. You can control the direction of the sounds you have. So that's what I kind of relate to when I was like in, in school. Sounds like you, were, for me, it was like sitting in a spaceship um, and you're controlling something and you're making something happen. And that's something which I really love. Um, but when I currently see you right now, when I saw pictures of you and I saw some videos as well of you playing and you said improvisation, I feel like you are in flow. Mm. You are completely immersed. Are you with one, with the drums? In one flow. You completely forget everything around. I think this is always the way you play drums,
2: right? I wish. You know, uh, I you, wish. It's not always. Or you, you
0: want to lead to that. I think that's the aim of life. You know, to be in in that place of flow, not only with drums. You know, it's w- when we have sex, when we cook, when we walk. Wh- I think to get into that place where you live your mind, when you lose your mind, mm-hmm. and you just feel very, very connected to whatever it is, to someone else, to you, to yourself, to being. To this is. Uh, I, I think this is for me. A place where I want to spend most most of my time. Yeah,
1: because you focus on yourself, and that should be priority number one. You're not focusing
0: on yourself, you lose yourself. Oh, you lose yourself. You lose yourself. There is no no longer separation. There is no longer me, you. There is no longer drums and me. That's why I'm saying this is why I'm not trying to play a certain style or something. I just create a natural movement that at a certain point you completely lose any separation. Yeah. And when you create that with other musicians, this is why after they left the band is so important to me because somehow it happens. It's really hard to find it with other people in such a pure way where everybody connects. And the three of us, I don't know what happened. The first time we played, it was like having the best sex ever with someone. That's how we felt after this session. And it just continued after that. Every time we play, it's just you can close your eyes and lose your mind, lose your thoughts, lose your body. There is no more you're just in a in a cloud it's hard to explain even uh, how to explain yet i believe that everybody that listens to this knows the feeling experienced it at least once in life yeah. whether if you, when you have an orgasm where you suddenly if you think about orgasm for example it's it's what is orgasm it's a very strong physical kind of thing but it kind of triggers a lot of like actually what is it if you can once just notice when you have an orgasm what is actually happening? Yeah, It's some kind of pain, you can call it. You know, it's it's really interesting. We are all craving that kind of thing. So what is it? And I'm curious about this state of minds. Like, how can you bring this sensation of, let's call it orgasm, um, into anything that you do? Yeah. Into the flow, into the way you interact with people, into the way you present with your kids, into the way you cook and do whatever the sense of separation. I have no idea if I'm making any sense with what (laughs) I'm saying right now, but uh, yeah, it's hard to explain it in words. I
1: think certain things, I mean, what you say, it's hard to explain, Yeah. but you emerge yourself like in flow, literally. Yeah. It's the same.
0: And drums have great power to do that. This is why drums are so powerful. This is why, um, yeah. Literally. Yeah, totally. Um,
1: I want to talk about this first 10 years. You, You had, um, and you started to play without drums at the age of four. How would you summarize this first 10 years of your life? Simple is the word that comes. Simple. So uh, when you put it in a chapter name, it would be simple. Yeah, simple. Just simple.
0: Simple, naive also comes into place there. Okay. Effortless.
1: But not not necessarily in
0: a negative way. No, no, not at all. In a beautiful way.
1: Okay, nice. So you said that 10 years is a transition where you got the teacher. Well, I didn't Almost, get the almost, almost yeah. got the teacher and then you changed the location. Um, what changed since that time? So you st- you went to another school?
0: Yeah, that was the change. I changed to another school. And but that, in the same uh, nearby where you lived. So yeah, you it didn't was to far move. another. Yeah. Uh, I went, it was just very clearly. It was just a school that was all about crazy discipline on things that I think, again, for, I, I I respect the fact that some, for some people it serves. For me, it was like completely against the way I like to live life of this free self-expression stuff. It was very strict. Um, I remember like rules, for example, even we had like... 10 or 15 minutes to eat the lunch that we had and we had to have a, a a cloth in the exact size and stuff like that and I'm like fuck me man and and I just remember it to be very strict it's very blurry to me I don't really remember I just remember it, but from being a a student of A A A A no problem no problem no problem yeah. to be the most horrific student having my parents every semester coming to to the to the um School talking to the teacher, and I remember every time the same conversation. Your son is very bright, he's very intelligent, but he's very lazy. And this tag of lazy stayed with me, and it still has its impact on the way I act up until today. Um, but isn't that laziness related to
1: um, not interested necessarily in the subject, yeah. but more interested in? Other subjects you're really curious about, which the school cannot teach you, like about life, about I don't know, mindfulness, meditation. Yeah, music. well, that
0: was not existing oh, back then. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I had so, to learn all the stuff. Yeah, so the education missing something. Yeah, but back mm-hmm. then, you know, you're a ten-year-old kid that is being told you're lazy, so you kind of okay, I'm lazy. I I have no idea how every semester in the end of the year I kind of was able to push my grades a little bit up to a six, seven, to kind of survive the grades. Yeah. I don't remember that I did anything different. I didn't know how to learn. Nobody taught me how to learn. Nobody, t- like talking about mindfulness back then was completely, you know, who the fuck wanted to think about that. But for me, the education system, this is why I have a lot of charge around this system. Um, I'm still worried where sending my kids into this system and... Um, I think the name education system doesn't really fit. It's, for me, at least my experience in school was like, I would call it uh, memorizing things that some of them matter and some of them really don't matter system. This is what it was. I don't. I didn't feel a lot of education. Okay. Like n- nobody teaches us the important things. I, I. And back then I got frustrated because I saw all my friends were able to remember what happened on the yeah. 29th of October 18th. 23 and and all these calculations of math and stuff like how the fuck is this relevant to life yes nobody taught me how to relate better nobody taught me how to put the shelf straight on the wall nobody taught Mm. me how to open a saving account which would be a little bit more um, effective and and relevant to to life essentials essentials you need totally Totally. but i understand it's a system and and for me, it was really hard. It, it, like I really got, it. but again, I, I'm taking it as a gift because you know it mm. was such a horrible time for me, and I kind of never recovered from yeah. that. Um, but I learned a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, a, a couple of weeks
1: ago, I came across an article about you know education system, and you know nowadays, obviously homeschooling is kind of a word in some countries, and that the education system nowadays, obviously, is failing to compete with an nowadays challenges. But that article talks about where it actually came from, and it makes yeah. sense. It came from the industrialization, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where hundreds, one hundred, two hundred years ago, mm-hmm. people had to know math. They had to know basic numbers, had to know specific, you know, how to measure, etc. Which is not needed nowadays anymore. Yeah, you have to adapt it, but it's still as it's similar structure as it was one hundred years ago. Where it, was, where it was needed. Yeah, you know, think about industrialization. Needed to calculate a triangle or certain things, uh, but the adaptation is missing, and yeah. that's what the article, article talked about the upt- adaptation. This up pivoting or adopting to change hmm. has to happen more and more frequently it, in the nowadays world.
0: Yeah, it is happening, but it doesn't catch up in the yeah. right velocity.
1: Yeah, so have you thought about um, when you just compare your like. Teens, or after 10 years old, this teenage age to pair with your kids right now. Do you see that uh, um, a huge shift uh, in the current education system? No. no. S-
0: huge shift? No, there is a shift.
1: Yeah. Ish. But not where you feel but like.
0: But a huge shift? No, I don't know. There's a huge shift. Enough. um But it's hard, you know, because uh, the world is still asleep. You know, yeah. the, you know how many people, you and I can have this conversation now in a very aware place, you know, that we can, I can't really hurt you. You can't really hurt me. You no, know, You ask me if there is anything I wouldn't talk about. Uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> but the fact is that most people aren't there because we still live in the matrix where most people are completely plugged in. Yeah. Um so how can I expect my kids to go to school where ninety whatever it's not an educated number but it's like calculate number but i assume that close to a hundred percent people are still plugged into the matrix so i i it's hard to 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 expect the system to provide this openness to there will be this rare unique individual teacher that suddenly is like that and it's innovative and it's yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: but it's individuals individuals would just step out of the system and trying to yeah they cannot necessarily change the system but they can maybe um raise certain issues totally and, and inspire and,
0: others and and i think this is why teaching i think is, is Teaching not necessarily as a profession, but the responsibility of teaching is is a huge one. You know, like what you're doing with this podcast, it's it's beautiful. You know, it's so important that people that have the ability to influence better thinking, better um, connection, we need to do it. Not necessarily from a role of a teacher. You're not a teacher. You're doing something that is is educating, is teaching, and it's very, very... Yeah. Important. I mean, I, I'm,
1: I realize this because right now I work in the American University of Sharjah or in an entrepreneurship center, actually in the UAE. When um, I actually teach students, I also work with a lot with okay. young students as well, and I talk about their business ideas, startups. You realize that many young people, they not have thought about, obviously they can, they not have that maturity, etc. but they not have thought about what they have experienced so far. You know, young students, their early 20s, mid-20s, they not have looked back in their teenage age to, to see, okay, hang on a second, I was always interested in this. Maybe I can relate right. to that. Rather than following what's so in on YouTube, you know, just become someone else, then becoming yourself. And that's what I realized also when I work with young people, it doesn't have to be like later stay, uh, when you get older, but looking back in your life, what you have done so far, where you're most interested in. And can relate that to what you want to do today Mm. helps you (laughs) (laughs) sorry and that's actually that's the same concept with this podcast sometimes we feel lost in the present but why because we completely forgot to disconnect we we disconnected from what we're really passionate about but how do we reconnect when you look back in life we see kind of a connecting path and that leads to today but we always think about the future problems or the past problems but you know, the last past chapters, they lead to you, to the present, who we are today.
0: And mm.
1: that's actually the whole format of this.
0: Totally, which is connected to what you read in the beginning, the ocean. You know, we really like to yeah. deal with all the shit that is around us. Stop for a second, go up yeah, and look one second to either what you, you liked in the past, or maybe you'll find some kind of, of something new and, and then decide, this is where I'm going. Yeah. But we have to disconnect sometimes. And... and which is, again, connected to what I spoke about, what is for me playing music and all this kind of... It's, a, it's this connection from thought. It's this connection from trying to figure things out and just connecting to the being. I don't like speaking about it because it sounds like a cliche, but it's very much that. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, talking about your teenage age, um, you were in school, you started to proper play drums. You had your drums at age 13.
0: No, 14. It, the actual drum kit, I started to go to places and friends that had drum kit from the age of 13, 14. Okay. I, my first drum kit was somewhere around the 15, maybe 16, okay. somewhere.
1: Around that age. How do you memorize this? these times? Uh, being in the school you mentioned about, you know, being told that you're lazy. So, did you find it very tough being in school? Or yeah. do you say, okay, that was, it's not my thing at all. I'm always like more interested in music and other other leisure activities. How do you memorize that time, your uh, te- teens?
0: School was a dark place for me. Okay. It was a place of being a failure, was a place of being considered lazy. It was a place of confusion, not understanding what I'm supposed to do. And it kind of, I know I'm supposed to get good grades, but I had no clue how to make it happen. Um I remember having suicidal thoughts also in the in kind of in the end of the school and stuff um that was school for uh, socially i didn't have problem I have a lot of friends that was completely not a problem it was just the the idea of learning in this system that again that i I've, now I understand that I was taught things that are completely irrelevant. So it's so, like so, what the fuck kind of thing. But back yeah. then it was like, oh, this is what I need to know, but I just can't memorize it. I, it just it was very frustrating. On the other hand, you spoke about the drumming. The drumming was a place where I was fucking great. Yeah. I I I naturally taught myself how to play. I was very driven. I remember like driving hours to, to take the, the classes with the best teacher, yeah. spending, um, very committed to practice um, watching everything I could watch. Um, I, I, I started to play with, the, I remember the first rehearsal I had with a band. I came to a studio and I didn't know how to set up the drum kit. I had no idea how drums is, so I had to have the help of the studio guy to put, okay, so this is how it works. But I wasn't embarrassed about not knowing, like, fuck it, I want to be a drummer, just show me and I'll figure it out. Yeah. I didn't know. And I remember those small discoveries on the drums of every time discovering something new, it was like, oh my God. So there was a very big, um, the first time I'm thinking about it, that like school was dark and difficult and impossible, and drums were fun, um, growing, exciting, and i was i was really good so i started to do recording sessions i was very young like 16 17 and i got recording sessions with some artists and and then when i was 18 i was um that's funny i i was um i did an audition for the biggest uh, the biggest band in my town in my city in haifa it's a big city um and they were kind of the famous band there were them and another band that were like the famous bands in the city and they did auditions and they were all much older than me. They were like three years older than me. So it was kind of a big deal for me. And they chose me as their drummer. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And, and so I remember myself at the age of 19, for example, we, we won, it was the beginning of the cable TV back then in Israel so there was a big competition it was called Telerock it was a yeah. competition for young bands and it was like being back then it was a big deal because it was just the transition from having that one channel on TV to suddenly have cable TV with tons of channels and it was live broadcast on on TV right, yeah. and we went and we won the first prize really, and wow. that was like that. so the first prize meant that we get like a record deal with the biggest record label yeah. and 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 contracts and stuff. So suddenly at the age of 19, I found myself with um, press and, and yeah. TV and radio and stuff. And it was like, oh, and performing in front of 20,000 people, 14,000 people. I was like, fuck, that was amazing. Yeah. So so that
1: was kind of till 18, 17, 18. This was like the 18, 17, 18, 19. This was like the transition. That was becoming a drummer. If I need to becoming a drummer, that's the chapter you asked for names.
0: So that kind of feels right. Becoming a drummer, or or or, yeah, becoming a drummer. How would you
1: how would you name that chapter? Being in the school till seventeen, eighteen, from dark, really dark.
0: School was dark.
1: Dark, and then, literally, coming to yeah, coming to the chapter of becoming a drummer
0: it's kind of, it happened at yeah. the same time, finally. Yeah. It's, it's...
1: Just listening to you, I just realized this, you know, when, when you couldn't relate to the school, because you mentioned before um, that you always question why you need this knowledge. Why do you need this? And maybe the school, or maybe nowadays, or the, back at that time also, they couldn't communicate to you why you would need it. So you you had to relate to something in the future where you could not relate to in the present. Whereas drumming is maybe something where you create in the moment, in the present, not where you work towards like in 10 or five years. I can see that, I don't know, when I'm just listening to you, I can see that there's something with drumming versus like normal education system or normal math, like whatever you call it. With drums, you create something in the present. You don't need to wait for the why, uh, for what you, why you need to play drums for, if you need it in five or 10 years. You need it right now. You feel it, right?
0: Is that? That was for me, but that's exactly why I I think, and maybe this is. So because I felt that very strong connection to drumming, and I just went for it. Despite what everybody told me, you need to get a serious job, and it's just a hobby, blah 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 blah. But I converted it to my job, and it it became a career for me. which is against, against your yeah, but the, but so so I'm, what I don't want people to think about this that I'm saying that drums is the path not at all because for some people calculating angles of a triangle will be in the same passion level that I have for drums, said, but yeah. what I'm saying is what it should just connect with your passion the school back then drove us to very one-dimensional way of Mm. being which was completely out of mind a lot of my friends were very strong with it and it was perfect for them no problem at all what i'm saying is that we need to expand and create wider variety of options and invitation for each individual to really feel into yourself without any influence what is your mojo what is the thing that makes you lose time and 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 separation and then go for it it might be drumming it might be cleaning which is considered to be something for people that is degrade whatever you say it like no it can be opening a restaurant it can be uh, i I always like to give this as an example you know like a moving i had a friend in the u.s who, who ran a moving company, because for him, like taking a big closet and shove it into the truck was his passion, just as passionate as I was about drums. Yeah. Great. There is no right and wrong if you look inside, but if you look outside and you try to become a lawyer because it's respectful or it will bring you more money, you are heading towards, unless you have that passion, you're heading towards shitty life and regret, and it's better to discover it much earlier than too late. Perfect, much earlier than late.
1: Actually, you turned that passion into your profession. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you did with age uh, 18, 19. So tell me a bit more about this. Actually, literally after you finished school, winning that competition and then literally playing live in front of 20,000, you mentioned? That was 20, the biggest gig I had, yeah. yeah. That was great. How yeah. was that time? Because that's like the early 20s as well. How was that? Tell me a little more. Uh,
0: that's an interesting chapter because, you know, being in Israel, whether you want it or not, you know that you're heading towards three years in the army.
2: So uh, yeah. so,
0: so I had the very... The good thing for me because I'm kind of young for my age. I'm born in November. So I, I had almost almost a year between finishing high school and going to the army. And that was the same period where the band started to move and stuff. So so it, it was a great time. That, that time between t- when school finished <laughs> until the army, that's a great time. I remember spending time with my friends every night until 4 a.m., laughing, having the best time of our lives. Um, and the band went well but then i had to go to the army and that's the beginning of another chapter because that was again putting myself in a place that i do not want to be there feeling completely lost completely no control over who you are what mm. you do and you're being told what to do i remember the first day in boot camp like I was literally. I I remember wanting to. I remember hearing that you know that there was a place where they practiced shooting with the guns and stuff. And I remember myself thinking like, "I'm going to be one of the targets. I just want to die." Seriously, that was the thought. I was. It was horrible because you're taken away, and it's like for three years you have no idea where you're going to be, what you're going to do, And I had the music running, and I really wanted to keep that going. Yeah. Which in the end I was able to do after a lot of work manipulation mm. um the letters and stuff um
1: so how was this you said three years military service three years is a long time it's a very long time especially was... when you're
0: 18 to 21 it's an age where you can kick ass you know
1: yeah this, yeah exactly i mean literally um i an adult how did you stay you said you know you wanted to literally die in the first few weeks How did you stay alive during this time? How did you still kept the passion to music? Um, Or what? How what did you experience that time in these three years?
0: So there are many stories I can say about the beginning of it, but it was definitely the drums that made the difference because I was like I was clear with myself. I will not let this system ruin my dream. Or like I know that I'm in the system, but I will do whatever I can to get a service which i can continue with my drumming so had to go to boot camp which was a complete nightmare because i didn't have any control that was a short one like i got a very short one not like a heavy one like some of my friends went to like serious shit i was like very light one but i didn't know it back then so every morning was like fuck what's going to happen when i finished that i was it's really funny Uh, yeah, I'm going to share that. It's not a secret. I was um, They recruited me before I went to the army, apparently, which was completely absurd. They took, they, they took me to the intelligence services because they thought I'm going to be fit for something. So you go and you go to a course where you don't know where you're going, especially because it's intelligence. So you don't know what you're doing and then nobody explains you what you're doing. But slowly I discovered that it was all about learning physics and stuff like this, which was n- n- not me. I am not. like all the other guys that came there were coming from like uh, um, f- f- uh, people who went to do become pilots and failed and stuff. People who had these skills. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? And all I wanted to know, I didn't care about the course. I wanted to know what happens after the course. What's my service? And at a certain point, I discovered that it's going to be 16 days in the camp. Five days at home, which for me meant music is gone. I can't be sixteen days out. Yeah. From that moment, I knew this is. I don't know if I can share that, but fuck it, <laughs> nobody can do anything to me anymore. I, I, I knew. I, I'm not gonna I, cut it out, cut it out. I can't. No, it's, it's all right. I um no, but I, I I was trying to figure out how what's my way out of this? Yeah. Because you're in the army, yeah. you can't just come of out. Of yeah. And nobody it could help me and until somebody kind of, I got the message that the only way you can actually do to come out is, is if you fail the course, because then they can't qualify you. Yeah. So I made myself this time very intentionally the dumbest guy in the course. <laughs> I got seven of a hundred I remember 14 from a hundred. I volunteered to all the kitchen uh, roles that they had just to not be in class. And I drove the, my instructors Mad because I, they knew I'm not that stupid. Yes. Until at a certain point, they um, told me, "Okay, you have a conversation." It was me and another two guys. Um, they told us, uh, "You have to go to the to the boss of the yeah, of yeah. the camp." Just in the army when you're young and you have you don't have the, the whatever like that status, yeah. when you go to meet the like the big guys, you are like scared. It's not like a school. It's it's course, it can be yes. very scary. So we go, the three of us, and we knew that we were going to be out of the course, so we were super happy.
1: Excited, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're going, waiting to uh, next to the office of this guy, and then the first guy goes into the conversation, and he comes out after like 15 minutes crying like crazy. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> then I'm going next, getting in, and this guy, you know, it's the macho system kind of, the guy tells me, you think you can manipulate us. You think that you act like dumb, ta-ta-ta. Here, I'm going to write you. You're going back to the main place where they decide where you go. Yeah. And I'm going to write them. You have a recommendation for me not to serve close to home, to have as much as you possible time away, ta-ta-ta, and I'm like, fuck, 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 <laughs> and I come out, and I don't know what to do, I'm going back to the main camp where they decide where I'm going, and then they gave me this this chart to decide, okay, choose which course do you want from these, and it's all like army names, you have no idea what it means, yeah. but one name made, I don't know why, I, I kind of thought, I think this is kind of more like an office kind of stuff, mm-hmm. So I decided I'm going for that. So the least painful. Yeah. Option, yeah. So I chose this course and then I had to go and register there, blah, blah, blah. They told me go go out and come back on Monday. I came back on Monday. Then I was trying to figure out, okay, so what's this course about? And then I was told that basically I'm going to be not... Uh, I'm going to be doing office work, but with the combat units that go to do the crazy shit. So I won't be fighting yes, necessarily, yes. but I will have to be there. And I was... Uh, so, oh, I was trying to find my way. Never mind. I make it short. But in the end, I discovered that there is a role that I can take, yes. which would be much more home-based and stuff. So then I started to get letters from the record label company, from producers, ta-ta-ta, to show them how hey, I'm... And I acted also... That, uh, I told them that I'm very stressed and ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. And in the end, after... It took about half a year, I managed to get uh, an office job, which was with a car about 15 minutes from my parents' home. So I spent the two and a half years um, coming back, basically doing kind of a nine to five job. Yeah. Um, Sometimes staying weekends quite often, but it meant that every evening I could go and do the music. So I continued to play and I got a special certificate from the army saying that I'm allowed to go. Yes. Because as a soldier, you're not allowed to go on TV and stuff. I got a special permit to to be interviewed and to be on TV, which was great. So, um, but you
1: did that in the first half, uh, first half a year. You know, you try to find a position where you Yeah, it was, to home. it was a big imagine, struggle. Imagine many, you know, they don't—they're not like that. You know, they're not going to fight for what they really. I mean, because you—you—you you, you knew, you knew exactly. You, you knew that you're not going to want this. You, know, you knew that you wanted to be closer. And I home. knew what I wanted. Yes, and you, exactly what you wanted to do, actually, really, uh, with, with, with music and everything else. So you wanted to be not just rescue that. You wanted to keep it alive. Yes. Yeah. And what's interesting, you know, you did it in the first six months. You know, many actually mm-hmm. just do certain things what they've been told for three years and then they continue whatever. And then they realize, oh, hang on, it's too late or something got missed. It's, and it's, it's maybe it happened in the right time because you were in the middle. You know, you started already. Yeah. Two, one that or two definitely years. helped. Yeah. And then you knew already this is something you're really passionate about. Mm. You want to keep it alive.
0: But that's what I'm saying. That's why I always like to work with people. Like, what are you passionate about? Because then you see that you can feel alive. Yeah. even if it's it's, complete, if it doesn't make any sense, because being a drummer, you know, if you, it's not doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not like I have had easy life, and it's it's a very challenging thing to to do. But if you want it and if you love it, it, you'll make it happen. I love that. Nice
1: quote <laughs> yeah. it's
0: a uh, it's and that's very true. Um,
1: this three years, three years, three years sounds like, like you know, if I H's, three years can last for several years. Actually, you can feel it like for ten years. How was that? When you summarize that, is that uh, it's own it's own chapter?
0: Yeah, or th- is it kind of an interruption? Of no, 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 no. It's definitely it's own chapter because I think I learned also a lesson there. Um, knowing uh, knowing that I could do my drumming and stuff, then I had this office job yeah. and I I this is I think you know the famous thing of how you do anything is how you do everything so I had this office job my job was quite a shitty one because what my job was was I was the one that in, in Israel once you finish the army you, you do the three years but then from the age of 22 until 40 something I don't remember what you still you're in reserve so you're being called every once in a while to come and spend a week or up to a month in the army. Oh, really? Afterwards. That's crazy. Yeah, so. okay. And my role was to send you a message. Hey, you have to come in, in April for a month in the army. So people fucking hated me.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: the units that I was in charge of yeah. were also from, like, the people that were quite hard to deal with. Yeah. One of the guys, funnily enough, again, another story I don't know if I should mention, but one of the guys that was soldier that gave us a lot of hard time, He a few years after, he stole... Um, you know those trucks that uh, carry money to from banks or to restaurants. you yeah, need, yeah, like with. Yeah. Yeah, so he became a GPS. worker of those ones, and he stole like a huge amount of money. He just ran away with the car and stuff. So, so these type of people. Yeah. Um. And uh, so it wasn't easy, you know. I had to deal with a lot of people, angry people and stuff, but. I had the music running, and I had this, and I said, okay, so this is my work. How can I make it more pleasant for yeah. myself? So I enjoyed what I was doing. You know, it was the most mundane, stupid thing, but I thought, like, okay, how can... I? So I had, for example, a little example. My Every soldier has a, a number, personal ID kind of thing. So because I was dealing with the same 600 people for two and a half years, I started to remember their names and addresses. So when they came to register, when they did come to the service... I saw I saw the guy coming to the table, so I already started to put his name and his number, and he was like, "Oh, how do you know that?" And it made them feel comfortable about themselves and started to create connections like this, and making the job that I did more fun. Or Mm. if I had to um, spend time doing very boring things, I used to take some nice food with me or stuff, just making it interesting for myself. So actually, once the first half year of not knowing and figuring out, like, how do I put myself in a place that I want to be. And I understood, okay, that's it. It's nine to five. I can play the drums. Nine to five it is, and f- quite a lot of weekends. From that moment, I made it as the most positive experience for myself and for the people around me. And I even got, I think I got like a, a, an excellent certificate for being yeah. like, a, because I, yeah, why not? You know, it was really fun. Yeah. I, so I actually remember it as, as a fun period of like doing a job that is mundane, but yeah, I made fun of it so
1: when you say uh you experience that's a fun way how would you summarize it this three years if it's an own chapter because in the end of the day you mentioned it also it's also a kind of a dark place. it was a dark place for you the beginning st- the beginning
2: i think but then you turned it into yeah a i setting. think high
0: school to the to the maybe that's the whole high school darkness connects with the first six months of being again in situation where, like, why am I doing this? What's going on here? I have no control over this. And it's like I'm part of a system of, like, what's going on? Yeah. And that was really tough. But after that, when I already knew what's going on, it was, yeah, okay. It's kind of, I call it a transition. It was a period of, like, I need to do this. There's yeah. nothing I can do about it. So let's do the best it. I can. Accept yeah, accept acceptance. It, but but accept. turn it into your advantage yeah. kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, would you call it acceptance? Uh, transition?
0: Acceptance, transition are two words that feel yeah. right, yeah. Accepting, transition. Transition, acceptance. Transition with acceptance. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you choose.
1: No, you need to choose. <laughs> I need to choose. Because, um, uh, you know, in the beginning it was a doctor, but then you turned it into your advantage, some kind of more pleasant way. And actually. Let's call it would, transition. The transition itself. Okay. Because a transition is something from the good or bad place to another. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it feels like you wanted to. Yeah, it go was to. a
0: transition from a place of where I felt like I'm in systems that yeah. I don't agree with and I can't function in because I'm being told to do things that I don't want to do. Then it, I kind of sorted it out for those two and a half years that were remaining. So it ah. was a transition to after that I was free to do kind of. I'm not in part of any system. So I you wasn't. said
1: free. What, how was the very first day? After you got out. And it's just smiling to me right now. Uh, the first what, day what after, after do the do
0: army? After the army. What did you do on the first day? It's funny because I, 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 <laughs> the day of when I left the army, I, I actually, it was funnily enough, my best friend, Oi, who we know each other since we were a year and a half old. We we both ended the army on the same day. So we went together to say goodbye, which was oh, quite nice. an interesting thing. I don't really remember that day, but it's interesting that you say... Um, what? How did it feel that day? The day that you something very clear that came to my mind was the day that I moved to Tel Aviv, which was a few months after, because mm-hmm. I was back in Haifa in my parents' house, and then I made a decision: I'm moving to Tel Aviv because this is if I want to be a musician, that's the place to be. And I remember renting a flat in Tel Aviv by myself, and I remember my my sister's back then husband helping me move all the stuff on a Saturday evening. I remember leaving all the, it's a feeling that happened to me quite a few times in my life. <laughs> it was like moving, following my passion. So i I moving to Tel Aviv, bringing all my stuff in the afternoon. He's saying goodbye to me. I leave all the stuff in Tel Aviv and then I didn't have any food. So I went to find a place to eat. And I remember coming out of the flat and asking myself, what the fuck have I done? You know, because you... Moment of you,
1: realization. Uh, of like, realization. Or called? like,
0: what the fuck? Like, I have nobody in Tel Aviv. I don't know yeah. anything. I don't know anybody. That <laughs> happened quite a few times later also in my life. So now I'm kind of used to it. But, yeah. but it's like when you live from your heart, you find yourself in those moments of, of like... Because it's not. It wasn't calculated. What I was like, I need to be a drummer. I need to... I'm going there. And I really remember that moment. I, I can see the images of like all the boxes in the flat, me going out to the street. And I'm like, the heart is like shrinking like... Um so that's what I remember, actually.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, these this moments of realization are the moments where you realize, not, that, not just that you're brave, but that actually you just did it. You just did it without thinking. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of
0: connection to bravery oh, in those yeah. moments. There's the question of like, what oh, a fucking idiot am I? This is <laughs>
1: the, the bravery. Sorry,
0: the bravery realization comes maybe yeah.
1: later, hopefully. Um, so you moved to Tel Aviv yeah Uh, what age were you 21 21 so how were your 20s so you moved to the biggest city in israel um how was your time there
0: well there are two chapters in the 20s i think the first chapter is fucking hell are we going to go through the whole thing man it's like i'm enjoying it it. yeah okay (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> Gonna be a tour <laughs> Um I don't know if it's interesting for anybody, but I'll go for it. You can. It to might I mean. do a
1: second podcast afterwards. Really. Yeah. I'm like in-depth kind of chapter two
0: special edition. Um, so How there was is, the twenties. was what did you there do is in the, the 20s? first part of the twenties, which is from the move from Tel Aviv up until leaving to Berkeley, which was another moment of like yes. fuck, what am I doing? So so um, <laughs> moving to Tel Aviv after the initial shock, as usual. I started to move myself around and I started to become a successful drummer for me back then. I started to have, like I had seven bands at the same time, started to perform a lot. Um, People started to reach me, and at a certain point I had one big transition was when I was, it's funny, Hofe Schechter, who is one of the biggest choreographers now in the UK, back then it was, I was uh, in my drum teacher, we, we met at uh, the same drum teacher. I was one of the guys that is going to get the scholarship for Berkeley. And Hofesh just started to, to study with him because he was one of the most promising dancers of Bacheva, which yeah. is one of the best, uh, well, it's, it's the biggest dance company from Israel and it's very known internationally. He decided, I don't want to dance anymore. Okay. I'm going to try drums. And that's where we met for the first time. And then... There was this tap dancer, Sharon Navi and the, and the director, Alida who were looking for a drummer for, they had the idea of a children's show. And they spoke to Hofesh, because they said, well, we want a drummer, and you're a dancer, so you will understand. And he told them, listen, I just started to play drums, I feel really uncomfortable. But, yeah. but we had a good vibe between us, so they told him, try this guy. Um he might be a good fit and it's interesting what you said before at the control room the drums yes, as a yes, control yes, yes, yes. Room. so for me the image when you said that also it was for me the drums were like it's like a wall yes. between me and the audience interesting yeah and it's kind of very protected and they decided uh, i got the job with them and i so for me that show was the first time i was um challenged to come out of the drums and to start talking on stage and acting and bringing people on stage and it was an amazing experience and this show was very very succ- it was a brilliant show because it was um it was not like the kids show that is all kind of stupid things hi hey, hi hey, it was it was a very beautiful message connected to the messages that i live by yeah. it was the name of the show was Keshev ketzev which means kind of like uh, to understand the rhythm of the other person. Yeah. And what we taught is like, how can you understand the rhythm of... We call it rhythm, but it's just a word. How can you understand the, uh, the, the rhythm of the person in front of you in order to connect in a deeper level? Yeah. And it was really beautiful the way it was done in the show because, again, it was for me an experience to bring kids on stage not knowing what they're going to say yeah. or do and and then play with them. And, and 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 this there was always a magical moment where the kids can show the parents and everybody that they really understand what a deep connection is. And it was always a very emotional moment for me, show after show. I've done like 140 shows of this show before I left to Berkeley. And this show for me was a big thing because it was um, very successful. Yeah, I have many stories that I can say, but we won't do it now. <laughs> but um, yeah, but... Um, it financially, f- I suddenly found myself. Oh, I'm earning money from music. Also. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. F- it was. It felt really, really great. Yeah. But then I got the scholarship to Berkeley, and I had to make a tough decision: Do I continue this career that is starting to build up really nicely, or do I get this scholarship and I go for Berkeley? Because if I don't go now, mm-hmm. I will never go. Yeah. I was 24. Yeah. And after a lot of thinking. And I had a lot of really good things happening. I decided, fuck it, if I'm not going Let's now, go I'm going to just go for it. And my parents really wanted me to go also yeah. because it was like for them education and stuff. It was important. So I decided to go. Um, so uh, so that marks a very clear cut. 24. Yeah, around 24, yeah. Uh, which leads us to the next what the fuck moment, which was the moment I remember leaving, saying goodbye to my parents in the airport. And, I, and and it's another, like, clearly vision of me going in the escalator up, saying goodbye to my parents and inside feeling like going what ahead in front of, like, a 13-hour flight to the US to a complete unknown with the trauma of school. You know, I'm going to one of the best, trauma, if not yeah. the best, school of music. Yeah. After the label of being lazy and failing deeply in school, this is like, there was a lot of um, I was anxious. I was course, yeah. so it's like I remember that. You've been that told that you should, yeah. you're not good. Yeah. So uh, that just. was the next, the second, the next uh, what the fuck moment.
1: <laughs> so these few years before you said there are like two parts, you know, in the twenties, before you go there, Brooklyn, yeah. and then before. The, the before. How would you summarize that? Because it's only like two, three years max.
0: Um, three. Starting to be successful. Yes, I hate the word successful, but. um Starting to become a drummer, yeah. Creating, starting my career, or maybe no, your career started before, I guess. Um,
1: Thinking about um, doing what I love, doing what you love, just doing what you love. That's I love that. Yeah, and you know, I just had this image of like you know when you have a free-range chicken. You came out of the military service, so you're just a free range, you're just yeah. you're able to do what you want to do, yeah. uh, doing what you love, that's great. And actually you continue doing this then here, you know, with a scholarship, you went over there, Yeah, Berkeley. So that was the second part of the trip. That's uh, the second part uh, of, so of so the trip. So was, how was the time there? How was the first few days over there, <laughs>
0: a completely different world? But a lot of anxiety and fear from going to school after the trauma of um, high school for me. Um, So a lot of fear, a lot of not knowing how to deal with it and stuff. So the the years in Berkeley were quite amazing on on one hand and horrible in other ways. Because I had this fear of not failing all the time. So I was really conscious of it and anal a little bit about it. Which is funny, because I ended summa cum laude, which is the highest distinction you can get. So I finished Berkeley. Yeah. After I finished like the lousiest way you can finish high school, yeah. Berkeley I finished summa cum laude with the highest distinction, which is completely ridiculous. Yeah. But I don't remember Berkeley as a period of time that I was, I was kind of... Academically, I was just trying to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah. So I think and because of that fear, I lost a lot of what I could have gained from that place. So I remember... But you got confidence as well. I mean, Yeah, you, I got confidence. I got contacts. Go I, I, you know, it is a, a very important and big school. So to just be part of that yeah. and to be a drummer that people know, that it's, it's good for the ego and it's good for connections. And I got really beautiful friendships. Back then, now it's more familiar to me because I've been spending... Uh, I've been living internationally, call it 18 years now. But back then, it was the beginning of me spending time in a school where, uh, if I remember right, it was about... Uh, I don't remember the percentage, but it was huge percentage of the school was international. Okay. So, from a, I don't remember how many countries, like eighty countries. So I I had I have friends from Madagascar, from Zimbabwe, from Japan, from Sweden, from Brazil. I know people all over the world. Which later on, when I started to tour around the world, is really funny. You go to all these places and you meet friends, which is that was really beautiful, and also get exposed to different cultures and different music. I remember spending hours in the library of music, of Berkeley with listening to stuff and watching videos of things that I would never be exposed otherwise, and also meeting artists, top level artists in the world. You know, uh, there are many stories I can tell about that. But you know, you find yourself in a classroom with people that you see on TV and stuff. Like I have my funny uh, graduation uh, photos with Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. He's the one who gave me the certificate. Nice. You know? So you're constantly exposed to um, um, a lot of. St- positive stimulation at the same time there is a school and i have my sh- issues with yes. school um i have my issues with a lot of people who go and become teachers because it's a job not mm. because of the, the what you're doing here in this podcast mm. it's not coming from the inside it's more yeah. kind of like oh i need to pay the bill and that for me like fuck that so so there was but it's in everything there is the good the bad and the ugly i think mm. um all in all it was a positive experience there is a whole chapter that happened uh, in parallel, which is my relationship, that was, there was a very big cut there as well, um, which is either we want to touch it or not, but uh, that was another You can quickly touch that, yeah,
1: because that's actually, yeah. So basically
0: I I got engaged. Yeah. um, That period of time, which was, this engagement was completely connected to following um, the matrix, you know, all my friends were getting married. um, That was the thing to do. So I. Late 20s? It was 27, 27 I think. Yeah. Um, so I I did it, but um, did. my body yeah. just screamed at me. It's like, ah! And I, <laughs> it was very confusing back then. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't understand what was going on. I just felt everything was wrong. And in the end, we separated. Yeah. So that was a big thing. But again,
1: you, you followed kind of what everyone else did it at that age. And you felt yeah. not ready or you know, felt no that doesn't come from your inner self. Yeah. And so I think really, that kind yeah. of
0: marked the, the last time that I allowed myself to really follow the matrix. Yeah. Cause once I, 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 this relationship didn't move on to a marriage, which was really painful because I really loved her and, and we had a beautiful relationship and it wasn't like, Oh, um, but it just, it wasn't what the body really It is yeah. Again, listening from the inside. Yeah. So, after that, it was kind of for me, kind of becoming really aware on all levels, not only the drumming, but also in the choice of relationship. Yeah. Like, what kind of relationship do I of want course, to have? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's another.
1: Yeah. How long did you stay now in uh, in Berkeley, or how long did you stay there? Three years. Which, uh, three years. Um, you said that it's. Um, you also had positive thoughts about this. I mean, it's school system, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Looking back, how would you summarize that? Berkeley, yeah, expansion. Relationship. expansion. 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 So it actually kind of challenged you as well, but at the same time, brought you to new.
0: I think it's mainly discovering the world and i think this is one of the biggest lessons i keep saying in life and you know it as well i think there is no better lesson than living in a different country not traveling traveling is different if you yeah. live in a different country if you have to pay the fucking bills and all this shit something in you changes I, it's one of the best exa- you because you learn life on a much wider way one of the best examples I always give is is the way I, unfortunately, it's a bad example, but it's what I experience. I'm just bringing bad luck wherever I go, is is seeing how different countries, nations, people deal with grief. Yes. Coming yeah. from Israel, where it's all the Jewish victimized kind of, oh, yo, yo, and everything. it's like we are mm. poor and like, ta ta ta, this victimized. This is for me was grief always. Somebody mm. dies, it's all oh, the poor guy or woman, ta ta. Then being in the US, unfortunately, the bad luck, I I was there when September 11 happened. And then seeing the American version, which really surprised me because I was like, oh, the poor guys, no, for the American people, it was like the heroes. And you see pictures of the people who died with trumpet music, and whoa, this is strange. And then, as I say, I'm bringing bad luck like, wherever I want. That's the next chapter we're going to get to. If we're going there, it's Spain. Moving to Spain, yeah. and then the the bomb in Madrid happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, living abroad is it's a it's that's I mean, for for me, I, I live abroad for almost for the last eight nine years. Mm. I mean, not really technically back in Germany. And actually, you learn so much from different cultures, mm. even abroad. Not necessarily there are other people also from other countries, but you so, learn not just so much about them. You learn so much about yourself and how much you yep. have back home. Which mm. you take for granted, totally. and actually not appreciate, mm. and that's sometimes we only realize when we live abroad, and honestly, it's about learning, always learning from others abroad you can actually we can learn so much, just going away from this narrow minded we know it all better, our nation, whatever it is, yeah just God, we can learn so much from others, and vice versa as well, obviously, but it's it's you know it's not like. Never minded mindset do you now, find it is...
0: also coming back to that it's challenging sometimes to develop conversations with people from your you know from where you come from
1: yeah, I mean, I was last week back home uh, in my hometown, uh, which I wasn't there for five six years actually, and i don't know it's just you know I question myself always like where is home you know there's this mm. famous TED talk where is Good home person. and and that person, I forgot his name, and he said, you know, home is where your friends are or people who you can most relate to. And it's not a t- geographic kind of location. And for me right now, it is actually more about where my friends are or people or, you know, it's just a family. And it doesn't have to be stick to, it doesn't have to be surrounded with borders mm. like a country. Because every border cut something as well hmm. so when you have friends around the world the world is your home actually hmm. and that's where I see it but it's difficult, I don't know, somehow I, I struggle with the definition of feeling home I always feel home as friends or family, that's where the home is it doesn't have to be a physical place but that's also the same when you say it about traveling around the world, you have friends around the world it's great for seeing others yeah. you felt comfortable in that moment and that's maybe related to that as well yeah, so it's interesting. I don't know. It's it's. Um, I think you need to maybe it's a it's a period in your life where you need to learn from other cultures before you go b- back home. You many trouble for five, ten years, and then they b- go back home or they stay abroad all the time. I think you should not plan too much because life leads you in one direction spontaneously, otherwise when you just focus, okay, okay, go, 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 go there, there, there. I mean, I would never have thought of ending up in the UAE. You would have asked me a couple of years ago. If you would have asked me a couple of years ago, I, would, years ago I had this trouble, where I traveled around the world on a weekly basis. I was like, what the hell? Uh, just, you know, sometimes certain things cannot be prote- uh, forecasted. Yeah. And that's that's the purity in life. That's what I see. Um, I want to quickly talk about this time before you left to spain you mentioned about spain the or actually at the time where you did you miss something back in, in the u.s when you moved to spain did you feel like okay i left something behind no
0: in the u.s no It was very no. clear cut for me i had three decisions to make either stay in the u.s move back to israel or go yeah. to spain the u.s very clearly was not an option yeah. i didn't feel the need to c- Yeah, it wasn't attractive for me. I kind of was happy to move on. Going back to Israel was um, an exciting thought because a lot of things happened already there. I knew people, it was an easy landing. But I don't really work with making sense. It was just, yeah, I thought like, (laughs) oh, Spain is an opportunity to create this crazy thing that I want to create that makes me really excited. How how
1: long did you stay in Spain? Five years. Four and a half, five years. More about?
0: Um, Barcelona Barcelona. Barcelona.
1: Oh, yeah. I've never been in Spain actually I just met i I'm going on friend. tour next in two weeks I'm going
0: in to be Madrid yeah. come
1: have a <laughs> try actually Barcelona for me is like a place where I always wanted to go um, five years in Barcelona mm. professional career you yeah. did you literally lived your passion
0: yeah it was and, fucking uh, hard but yes
1: but you moved as well from, from I mean you were, your base was in Barcelona but you travelled a lot
0: during that time, um, in the beginning, not so much. Yeah. Um, but then, when Hofish, which I spoke about before when we met in Israel, he he, while I was in the U.S., he moved to, to London, yeah. and he started his dance career. And really quickly, he became like a superstar. So I, when he started to have his, his choreographies, he constantly called me from Barcelona to do small jobs with him and stuff. He always just told me like, whatever I do, I need you to be there as a drummer. So it started like once a year, then twice, three times a year. Yeah. And then it became like every month until at a certain point. If I remember right, I think I flew a few times twice a week to, to London. Okay. Because he became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the project in Barcelona was such a big struggle. And I kind of lost faith in it at some point. Okay. So it's kind of like there was a transition there. The transition there, which another moment of uh, realization of like, fuck. That's it. I need to move to London. That's another moment of of clarity that I remember exactly. Sitting in front of who is my current wife, making the decision. That's it. I'm changing. I'm basically erasing the life that I have and starting and starting a whole new one. Like literally everything. Yeah. Business, girlfriend, country, job, everything.
1: But your passion. You kept the passion.
0: Always. Always. That's which is crazy because constant. And it's, yeah. it's crazy because you're hurting people. And that's yeah. something that is hard to digest. You know, I have people that probably still quite hate me. Um, yeah. And I wish I can have a conversation one day. And, yeah. uh, but sometimes you have to make things that, you know, um, are not very uh, popular. So this five years in Spain, um, you obviously
1: focused entirely on your career. How did you memorize that time? Do you see that it's a, it's a, it's a chapter by itself? Or yeah, is, it was, totally. is it still part of the expansion we no, had that before was, and it just goes over to the UK as yeah,
0: well? That's a chapter by itself because there was so much to learn there. You know, Literally, I okay. came to Spain not knowing a word in Spanish. I had to learn a whole language because in Spain, if you don't know English, you're, you can manage if you have friends and stuff, but going to the bank and doing stuff, you, you really need to. Yeah. So the first year, not being able to communicate was really tough. Um, but, but now having Spanish, I think my Spanish level and English is the same now, yeah, yeah, so which I is amazing to have. Okay. So, so it was really tough, but you go through it and then you learn. Are you a learner? Like, Do you learn languages easier
1: than when you live in the country? Totally.
0: I, I'm, I'm like a kid. Yeah. I don't believe it. I I didn't. I went just because you're supposed to to a few lessons of Spanish. Yeah. I didn't get yeah. any of that. I learned like a kid. I, I'm musically. Yes. I remember sitting in rehearsals in the beginning, yeah. and just one of the first words that I learned was "otra vez," which means "again." Because sitting in rehearsal, that's what you hear. All right, yeah. let's do it again and again. And so, yeah, otra yes. vez, otra vez, and that was the first word. And and I remember days of sitting from ten o'clock in the morning until four, five, six p.m. in a rehearsal listening like a child and getting the connections of words and and concentrating and i remember walking with my friends in the end of the day at 7 p.m in the street and i told them do not speak to me i'm my hard disk is full capacity i cannot hear anything just needed to disconnect but it took about a year and i had an exchange with one of the dancers she was really good in, in english so she taught me spanish and I taught her rhythms. We had an extension. She worked with me and I remember focusing on the verbs. yeah, Because I knew that the words I would get, if you have the verb, you have a lot of idea. You walk. So you understand that someone is walking somewhere and you can make the connection of the word. That was yeah. for me a very... So I just learned verbs, 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 verbs. Past, simple past, simple future and present. And then just like my kids are learning now, I can really hear it in them. They, they learn. So now my kids are saying every word, My, my little one. He puts the ed in the end of so I am. Um, I bought. He would say I boughted, <laughs> because that's how he, he understands yes. that ed is the sound of pass. So he would yeah. just. And he will slowly then clear it. Yes. So that's how I learned Spanish. You learned Spanish. And I remember yeah. very clearly the first phone conversation that I had with someone who is not a friend on the phone. It was a printing company that I became very good friends with them because I remember that feeling of hanging out the phone after my first Spanish conversation. I remember the first book I read in Spanish. Um, and it was a really, really beautiful um, hard but so it was the spanish it was also creating a business you yeah. know um the, it's, it's all a the completely struggle. different
1: language a different culture as well which it's a very yeah, different culture it's exciting to yeah. discover
0: that as well and barcelona yeah. is different culture to spanish so they, yeah. they are not spanish catalan. and you learn the whole thing about catalan and spanish which came to the news very strongly now but i because beginning you see everything in catalan and spanish i didn't know the difference in the beginning yeah so now i also in catalan i know very well if you speak to me in catalan i understand most of it i can yeah. speak a little bit it's a more difficult language to um, pronounce um yeah you
1: mentioned in the beginning learning you mentioned the word learning so that's like the time this five years in spain where is that this is learning it's you learned yeah there more, was a yeah. lot of learning yeah. there not just from a language side, of think, but also korean
0: wise Because it's also it's funny, but it's a very it, it's it's supposed to be a much closer culture to the Israeli one, yeah. but it's actually not. So it was a very different culture for me to adjust into, yeah. which I I didn't fit in, you know, the whole, for example, meal times, that you eat lunch at three o'clock and yeah, dinner yeah. at and 10 p.m., to, yeah, yeah, it, it like, drove me nuts and the whole thing of the <laughs> the ease, you know, when you say, let's meet at four and then people come at 4.20, super relaxed and everything is okay, it drove me nuts, you're a German, you know, I, I mean, I, you know. <laughs> I used to live with
1: Spanish, Italians and Brazilians in yeah. London, I'm like, I need my dinner at seven, yeah. eight, <laughs> latest, and they not even started yet yeah, cooking, yeah. I'm like, what the hell, I've, going to bed now when you're starting to eat. it's <laughs> but, very different but it's great to adapt. you know totally. you live in another culture why are you sticking so much to what you always have done why are you not living a different life mm. you know I, I like to live a completely different life in a different inter- culture and that's why always the same why when I think you just, have to just, try and then you adopt yeah, exactly. what suits you exactly you know, um, yeah. um, what do you say what, how would you call this five years is it like learning because you emphasized that in the beginning
0: Yeah, we can call it learning. There are many <laughs> names I can choose for that. Um,
1: but learning is a word we actually mentioned in the beginning, so I guess. Yeah. Because you learned, yeah. You grew up. I learned a lot. Learned learning. So I want to talk about a bit about your time in the UK, because that is actually to now. Yeah. If you that was the next remove station. That, that next station. You had a TED Talk, a TED TEDx Talk, mm-hmm. not in the UK. Hmm. But that was around the time where you were living in the UK, right? Yeah. You talked about how to approach a musical instrument.
0: Yeah, we spoke about it before.
1: Before, yes. So how you connect to the instrument. Um, you also mentioned online about, um, or in general, you mentioned about, you know, you had this life transition where you said, okay, I need to reconnect to myself, inner self again and again. When, when did you move to, to UK? Which year 2009. Was? 2009, so that was like nine years ago eight nine years ago you have lived you haven't lived before in the uk so that was another complete new environment for you as well.
0: uh, i visited a lot because of the work with Hoffer, so i had yeah. a lot of visits but i didn't not live, live here not living
1: here how was the first three years living in the uk because the passion you had can be i, I can see, assume is london is a perfect place for you music
0: yeah, it was interesting because wh- before, the, fir- the years that I worked with Hofstra and I came to visit London, yeah. I hated London. Yeah. I really hated For the it. Weather, it. For like the weather? Not really the weather, it was financially, it was just a suicide, you know, coming from Spain where everything is super cheap. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, and I didn't have back then the money, so coming to the UK, just to, I was, remember I just walked like an hour and a half just to avoid the tube because I just couldn't afford it. It was just crazy. Wow. Um, so yeah, and, and it it' London is big when you don't it's it can be the most exciting place or the most overwhelming place. Yeah. And it was just too big. I didn't understand what's where am I and stuff. Yeah. Until I started these walks and then I started to make connections and I started to understand and slowly we became friends. Yeah. By the time that I decided to move it was yeah, I was happy about that. Um I have no memory of what your question was. (laughs) The first few years. Ah, the the first few years. Did you... Because I remember we met at Your
1: Legend. Yeah. Uh, 2011-ish. And I remember at that time you did this one or two years before already, I think. So this kind of, you know, follow your passion, trying to, you know, follow your heart, but then let your head lead you to the right direction. Is that where you kept working on in the UK for the first few years, besides your career, of like also empowering others? Because I have the feel I had the feeling that you empowered others. You started you started getting into the role of becoming a mentor.
0: Yeah, it's it's because this is where I felt <coughs> the most um, fulfilled, I guess. Because working with Hofesh, it was a big project, you know, and we did a lot of um we toured all over the world. Yeah. And touring, as much as it's nice to, for the ego to say, I performed in the Sydney Opera House and the Barbican and all these places, and it, it's, it's it's cool, you know, to travel literally all over the world yeah. and performing. It was more kind of self-satisfaction um, kind of thing, self-fulfillment. It was fun. Yeah. But where I felt that I was really like on purpose was the moments that I had, um, we had projects that like educational projects, that we had people who are not necessarily professional musicians, which we bring on board and we teach them and they experience stuff where for me the music was no longer the goal, the music was the tool. The drums were not the goal. I don't want to be, a, to be an excellent drummer. It's a tool that I can use in order to, how can you open more? How can you connect more? Mm. And for me, this, these are the projects that I really remember. Like we had a massive project in Derry, for example, where um, we went there on purpose with not the whole, but it was a big project. We had 24 musicians in this show and we in- intentionally brought only 10 from the original band and we spent, I think I was there for like three months, if I'm not wrong, working with musicians from there yeah. to bring them on the show. And that was a life-changing experience for me, but m- m- for these guys... and. The music was just uh, the language that we used. What they discovered, they discovered a lot of stuff about themselves and their life changed the way they, they their nutrition changed, their health changed, the way they see life. A lot of them became coaching clients uh, yes, after yes, that yes. with me. Um, their whole perspective on seeing life shifted. And I love that. Same thing with in Spain. We did a huge project um, in Girona with... Um, people from the age of 10 till the age of 80 I think and it was an amazing experience to see these people transform or I had yeah. I had this Seeing crazy idea. Yeah. yeah I had the, the idea of putting 200 drummers on stage which I told yeah. Hoffesh one day and he told me kind of to fuck off but then he called me 2 years <laughs> after and he told me Let, let's do it and we nice. did a massive project in the Barbican yeah. and again these guys experienced this this um Co- deep connection that i'm talking about and and i, I was much more interested in that than yeah. going on stage and showing what uh-huh. an amazing drummer yeah. i am and this is and in the last five years since my daughter was born it's almost six now i kind of decided i'm pushing the drums away yeah because i want to focus mainly on, on, on one that to one. yes that one not necessarily one-to-one but on the emotional connection and stuff and recently in the last let's say few months a year I understood that that was a mistake as well to push the drums completely away, and I'm now bringing this back, yeah. knowing that it's about putting the drums together with the deep work to allow people to experience themselves. Yeah. Call it.
1: I mean, you do now plenty of one-to-one coaching as well. Do um, mm. public speaking. You have your workshops actually slowly starting here in in, in London, and you mentioned about your. I mean. You mentioned, you know, little monkeys, uh, two little monkeys, yeah. and during your time in Tokyo now, just for the protocol, yeah, monkeys, just yeah. for the bro- protocol. You mentioned also that you know, kid, kids watching you, and you said once that kids mm. watching you, you can make your loved ones feel significant and important, and you will receive most probably the same, or you can ignore them. Um, what do your kids? Think about you now. What do they observe you? When they... Your kids... If you ask your kids, how do you, what do you describe uh, your dad?
0: It's, it's a funny question.
1: As being totally insane, crazy,
0: or like... You asked me in a very bad moment because I have to... S- I, I will be very honest here. As this is the World Cup, I'm completely addicted and I'm completely ignoring my kids at this period. I bring them from there and I just watch football all the time. <laughs> so I know what you're going to do later but today. The, yeah, <laughs> but but let's take the World Cup out when it's finished and before that. You just joined the Germans.
1: we all focus now on our kids already.
0: I think for my kids... Um, it's important for me that they will be exposed to an environment where they can see that their parents do what they love. Yeah. And even if they struggle with that, they still do what they love and they don't compromise. What I want my kids to see is that their parents communicate even when it's really tough and they are very honest with each other. Yeah. What I want my kids to see that that um, there is equality between... Um, my wife and I that that and there is no that it's not the man who needs to do that and the woman needs to do that what I want my kids to learn is that there is a difference between a man and a woman and this difference can be a very positive thing and how to experience that what I want my kids to learn from me is that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be happy and it's okay to be angry sometimes and to not filter the way they feel what I want for my kids to learn is that the world is a safe place where they can play and they can do whatever they want, and at the same time to learn that the world is the most dangerous place and that they need to be very careful and somehow to find this balance with all the contradictions of life. What I want my, my kids to know is that the world is a matrix that is full of really wrong things, but not com- complaining doesn't help. And it's about taking action and responsibility and um, what i want for my kids is to learn from the to trust their that they are smarter and wiser than m- me and uh, adults normally tend to give them credit for and to let them understand that you know i talk to my daughter about eating too much cheese yeah um i explain to her what's going on behind this and yeah. i want you to know because if you eat too much cheese There's a lot of suffering happening. The why behind. behind. Yeah. 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 So I just want you to know, if you decide to do it, do it. But it's your choice. I trust you to be smart enough. Um, I want my kids to experience parents who are present for them, who are there for them. Um, Yes, with time, but more with presence. And I'm failing constantly, but I'm doing my best. Yes. Yes. I want my kids to follow their heart. I want to, for them to slowly navigate the things that they love doing and, and to be there for them and support them in a way that is not um, overwhelming, but, but just supporting and loving. I want them to know, and I keep saying it to them, that I love them. Yes. and Sometimes
1: f- just saying it is just, yeah. you know...
0: Or hearing it for them can just make, kill yes. you. My goodness.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, this last eight years, nine years in the UK, so quite a long time. How mm. would you would you say this is one chapter? no one whole chapter
0: several chapters it's a one chapter divided to sub chapters sub chapters (laughs) so
1: how would what be the 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 main title of that main chapter that main UK chapter till now let's say till now would be exploration 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 okay I mean, I just look into the names of your chapters. It sounds like a a scientific, adventurous (laughs) book. Exploration. uh, Yeah. uh, Adventurous. Yeah. So you live right now in the countryside. Oh, yeah. I love it. Beautiful countryside. Um, What's your next chapters in life, Jaron? Exploration. Is it still going to be exploration or will it be more like... um, Yeah.
0: It's a good question adventurous um,
1: risk-taking time period what's the next plans for you for the next few years
0: next month balance will be the name of the word the, the the word of the chapter okay yeah I, because again i lived all my life following my heart fully and it was wild and it was beautiful and, and it was really amazing and at a certain point because you start to have kids and, and the financial thing is becoming very uh difficult and all these challenges so I decided no I'm going to become serious mm-hmm. and I'm going to be and, and I tried that and it's completely against my nature so I now want to find the way to stay crazy yeah uh, which is my net na- crazy I say you know like expressive wild um, um, uh, your natural exp- kind of way yeah, in my natural way, yeah. but find also the balance, the more I call it masculine traits of clear direction, mm-hmm. um, and have a structure. And I have all the support. You know, I've created around me systems of support um, of people that help me. My men's group. Um, uh, you started t-
1: breathing meditation as well. I do a lot of
0: meditation, a lot yeah. of breathing exercises. Yeah. yeah, and there is a lot of tools that I have um, to to find the balance also and to to create um, more stability. Um, yeah. to, to kind of create a skeleton where the craziness can just fly around.
1: I like that. The nice metaphor for <laughs> a skeleton. You're creating a skeleton, mm. etc. Like chapter. Finding the balance while building the skeleton. Yeah. Great. I close the book. I'm pretty sure we're gonna meet again for the for the last chapter, going more in depth. I did, uh, in deep uh, in the UK chapter or by the next chapter and I close the book and I turn it around what do I see on this cover
0: that sounds so cheesy but <laughs> like um, you playing drums no like, um, <laughs> you see yourself yourself you mean like in a, on a mirror yeah a mirror like- I like the idea you have a mirror and because I, I don't want you know let's say if it is becoming a book and ta 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 But it could be also
1: like the example you said about the ocean, you know, you can't look from the top down. Water, you can also have a mirror on water. You see yourself, maybe.
0: You see yourself, because I don't want my story to serve as anything... It sounds weird to speak about it, I have to say. Um, (laughs) But it's kind of like, I take your question as if, what what is the message? You know, you finished the book that yeah, you just I read mean, about yeah, someone. Exactly, so what exactly. is the message? Well,
1: when I when I see it from far away, you know, see in a library, what should I see? Except I, say, the I colorful, want you to is it see just a picture
0: yourself. So, <laughs> it's yourself, and and with everything that comes with it, um, to see yourself with the challenging thing that it is to see yourself with the potential, with the excitement. In a way, I put myself a lot of times in these crazy situations. I think consciously or unconsciously. I see so many people who are not allowing themselves to be themselves yeah. who who do follow rules of others and stuff. So I'm kind of say, fuck that. I'm going to go really to, um, to show you that it's possible. Yeah. Not because I want you to do what I do. I want you to do what you are. So I think, you know, I've, I really love this. In the, in <laughs> the end of the book, to have a mirror and to have, for you to have a deep look into yourself and, 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 to your heart, and what is it that you want to... Cre- you, you've received all this information that is in this book. Yeah. And instead of trying to imitate it or, or follow that, look inside. Yeah. And see what comes out from the inside out.
1: Yeah. It could be actually a mirror on the cover itself. You just see yourself. Yeah. It's actually nice. I like that. And what would be the book title about I would go to the library and say I look for that kind of book, what would I ask for? That mirror book. <laughs> you know, that shiny book for assassins. Um, what would be re- the title? I mean, this is now the, the I, toughest uh, question, you know, sometimes. No, 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 it's not. Because you need to summarize everything you have done so far. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Because
0: there is one man. Where is it? Let me find it one second. Uh, there is one man who was in one of the projects that I did, the 200 drummers? Yeah. Um. There was um um an autistic child. It's a very long story, but this kid, the family really supported him, and they told us we really want him to be on stage, and we were like, "Fuck, yeah. how do you do something like this?" But in the end, you know, I, I I had to make a decision, and I decided, yeah, we're gonna have him. Yeah. And the support that this family gives this kid, um. Was amazing, and, and the father wrote a few things. Um, I need to find it one second.
1: Uh, and in the, in the meantime, I, I just imagine like, I mean, having a book, I'm to be honest, I never saw a book which kind of not has a mirror, but where you actually see yourself on it. You know, can have a kind of reflection on it. But it actually tells a lot about what you want to do. What you do currently about this coaching and the one-to-one sessions? You want to find, you want to help them find themselves. Yeah. Their own inner self. Um, and that actually itself is a good summary. Um, and that's also what you have done so
0: far with drumming. With you found it? Yeah. So the, the, the beautifully unhinged. Beautiful unhinged. It's it comes from from a quote because th- this man, the father of that kid, described described the way uh, I I love the, the the way I am, and I think the way w- that I can inspire the most people to be themselves. I'm gonna read it. You can use it sure. or not, but it's just I feel that nobody ever captured the way I want to be looked like mm-hmm. and what I want to give. And that he wrote it after a rehearsal in the with the 200 drummers. So he wrote, Yaron gets things going fast. No faffing about. The energy is off scale immediately. Yaron is literally bouncing off walls, chairs, chairs, people, and drums. He shouts, things, Don't know what else to call it. It's electric. It's utterly precise and pinpointed. And at the same time, loosely, inspirationally, creatively, wild, beautifully unhinged. And I love it um, because it describes so beautifully the beauty of not being perfect.
1: Yes, and but also I, living in the moment.
0: Living in the moment, yeah. allowing yeah. yourself to to make mistakes, allowing yourself uh, accepting that it's messy, and it's beautiful. It's like a child. Yes. Living like a child. Yes
1: being curious not knowing what is the consequence but being curious enough to know and to ask yourself what is behind and not like you know stop behind with your with your thoughts yeah before you actually started
0: I just want um, to mention the name of the man because he's a great awesome. guy Michael Sur Shapiro a great man great family awesome
1: Yaron, Where can we find more about you um, Obviously, your home. Everyone can come over here. (laughs) Of course, everyone, everybody. Where can we find more information for everyone who is really interested in this? And you do life coaching now. You do. Skype, I think, Skype as
0: well, right? No, I don't do Skype. Well, I do do online coaching uh, as well with people. Um, You know, I have clients that are not uh, around here, so we do online coaching. I do one-on-one coaching physically as well. Um, I'm working with companies who are um, open enough and forward-thinking enough to understand that the well-being of their employees is the most essential ingredient for success, uh, uh, future success, not the success that we uh, used to think about. Um, I just finished not so long ago a relationship program with Kirsty Henley, a brilliant uh, woman, hypnotherapist, so there is a lot of activities, to catch up with me the best thing is the website, it's going to be changed quite soon, but okay. uh, it's www.yaronengler.com, Y A R. O-N-E-N-G-L-E-R.com.
1: I, I put it in the show notes later. As well. Yeah, so yeah. And know. there is also
0: the old website, if you want more musically kind of reference. It's the the com. Okay. And you can find music if you're interested in music. It's if you put my name also on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you want. And there is the band also um, after they left, which you can also find Spotify, iTunes and everywhere. We are going to record our third album in september which is very exciting so
1: and when will, do you plan do you have like a date or a um, time frame not yet video? but
0: we wanted to have it out before christmas, before christmas? so nice. hopefully this year um
1: you might need to catch up before christmas yeah have a sp- specific yeah album podcast chapter be specific great. one <laughs> all right jaron thank you so much thank you know you. what almost two hours fucking hell. and it right. learned sorry it's not, people you don't need to just to play drums to just to completely forget the time you yeah. just have to talk yeah. for two hours about not just about your life but about something what you're really passionate about hmm. and what you what message you want to give away thank you so much for taking the time so this was jaron engler you can find more about jaron engler on his website at www.jaronengler.com and on his LinkedIn profile. All links in the show notes. Alright. Living life without regrets is what we should aim for. These few words are kept in my memory after the talk. Maybe it's time to really reconnect with your heart. Pause the busy, stressed living with the power of music. So folks, what else do you want to hear? Leave some comments. What did you like most from this podcast? Which chapters of other entrepreneurs, athletes, innovators or change makers? Do you want to hear in the future? Do you want know, to hear more musicians? Leave a comment or drop me a message on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at bydanielundrick. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. For the folks out there, just a quick update. In the next few weeks, all podcasts will be uploaded onto my website with each recording split in highlights. You can call it quotes, which are great summary of each long conversation like a summary for everyone to get a brief inspiring and motivational boost by listening to the whole recording throughout the week during the commute at home or even during sport at least that's what i usually do long podcasts are made for long distance runs and during sports where a two-hour conversation is filled with a two-hour run but of course you can also apply this to a commute listening and learning from others while exercising that's all about what i'm doing Alright, look forward to your replies on social media. Just never forget, never give up, always look up. i see you next time.